Hallelujah. Uh, I think the first of the year, um, Pastor Rod and I went away to pray. We tried to do that. Um, we're due again. But um, I kept praying this out. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, when you pray in the Spirit, that you'll pray out mysteries. And a lot of times what the Lord gives me for the year will come in uh, either November, December, or January as I pray it out for this next year. And we early prayed this out. And I kept praying this out, and I still pray it out. Tell them who I am. You got a little too much up here. Tell them who I am. Not, don't turn it down too much. <laughs> Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. Tell them who I am. So I'm going to tell you for a while, and I've been doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to tell you who Jesus is. Well, I already know. Well, we all don't know good enough. You're living in a time where you need to know who he is for yourself and what he's done. Amen. Are you all ready to receive today? I want, I want you, uh, no matter if you've heard this before, because uh, I remember also in praying that the Lord said to me, they don't need anything new. He told me something else, but I'm not going to tell you that. He said, they don't need anything new. They just need fresh bread. And so let this be fresh to you and receive what God has for you. So the first thing I want to do is I want to look at this question. I love looking at this. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is asking them a question. And I love it when the Lord asks questions. Well, most of the time. Well, most of the time when he asks me a question, I don't know the answer. Matthew 16, verses 13. Even if I think I know the answer, I don't. Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples. So he asked them all, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so right now in the world, you're going to get a lot of opinions of who Jesus is. Some of it very much amuses me. They don't know him. They have no clue. They try to use the Bible as a political tool. Uh, they, they, they act like they're, you know, they're living in sin. They're, they're doing all these crazy things. And now suddenly they want to throw a scripture at somebody and say, I know Jesus. Well, if you knew him, you'd act like him. I said, if you knew him, you'd act like him. Jesus said, if you loved me, you'd do what I told you to do. The proof of whether we love him or not is if we're doers of the word. So he's asking everybody, who do they all think I am? And so he wanted to know. And I guess he wanted to know because he had a point to make. Who do men say that I, the son of man, say that I am? And he said, some say, they all said, well, they're all talking to us. They said, well, some of you think you're John the Baptist. That's interesting. Some think you're Elijah. Others think you're Jeremiah or one of those prophets. And he said this, and who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter who the world says he is. It doesn't even matter what your mama and your daddy says that he is. You have to know for yourself. Who do you say that he is? But who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter, thank God, hallelujah, he answered and said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered this. He said, that, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed. So what Jesus is excited about is when you have revelation knowledge of who he is. There's one thing to know what the Bible says about him, but that does not mean you know him. 
It's not enough for you to polyparrot what somebody told you that he is. You have to know him for yourself. And what Jesus was impressed with was that Simon, that Peter had a revelation from God the Father of who he really was. He said, for flesh and blood has not, in other words, you weren't listening around and listen to what everybody else said. Listen, you can listen to every preacher in the world. You can follow every current prophet there is, and you can be excited about a whole lot of things going on right now. My voice is going to remain strong. I've been preaching a lot, but it's going to stay strong because you're going to hear this. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be shut up in my own church in Jesus' name. So I'm telling you that you have to know for yourself. It is past time for you and I to live our Christian life off of what somebody else has said. We have to know him for ourselves. There's a little thing we've been calling around here. It's going on. It's going to soon be 29 years. And most of this time, we've had this motto. We've had this theme. We're raising up a generation from infants to adults to know him. Not know about him. Not be able to uh, recite what the pastor said. But to know him for yourself. Because then and only then can you make him known. You're not going to make him known off of somebody else's revelation. You're just going to come to church, soothe your content. Yes, you, may, you will go to heaven and you'll live eternity in heaven. But I want to raise up an army that knows him and starts making him known. I'm talking about people who talk about Jesus in the street, who talk about Jesus in the grocery store, who talk about Jesus in school, who talk about Jesus at the football game, who talk about Jesus as they're walking around their dog around the neighborhood. Come on, I want to talk. I want to raise up some people who know him, not know about him. Amen. Knowing about him won't keep you healed. Knowing about him won't cause you to prosper in these days of uncertainty. And knowing about him won't keep you in perfect peace. But when you know him, when you know him, I know who you are. I know who you are. I am persuaded of who you really are. I know you're the son of God. I know you're the son of man. I know you are the great I am. I know you. I know you. Paul said, uh, uh, you know, that he was persuaded. And he, and he, he knew him. He knew him. How did he get to know him? The same way you and I are going to get to know him. From the word. Because Paul had the old covenant, but he had the download of the Holy Ghost, and he obviously spent time with Jesus. And Peter answered and said, You're Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I'll save you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And how, you remember when um, he gave him the name Peter? He changed his name. This was the reason. Now, Peter is not what the church is built on. The church is built on revelation. Peter, Peter is a little rock. Jesus is the big rock. Jesus is the cornerstone, right? What he was telling him was not that you're the rock wherever the rest of the church is going to be built on. He was telling him on this revelation that you have. 
You've got, you're the first one to get this revelation or you're the first one to speak out this revelation. But on this revelation, my church will be built. The church is built on revelation. The church is built on you knowing him for yourself. Can I get an amen? And he said, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Luke 9, 18. Luke 9, 18. And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And he asked him, saying, who, do, who, do, who say the people that I am? They answered, you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're one of the prophets risen again. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you're the Christ. So what I want to look to you, first thing I want to talk to you about is revelation. You need revelation. In the hour that we live in, when I teach to you, when any preacher teaches you, when anyone preaches to you, you shouldn't just be hearing it with where you put your earrings. It shouldn't be just going into your soul. It's not just something you physically hear, but did you know your spirit has ears? Your spirit has eyes. And so let's see what the word of God says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you can confess this, say, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You need to get to know him. But you're not going to get to know him. Yes, you should read the Bible. Yes, you should study the Bible. But while you're doing both, let him reveal himself to you. While you're hearing me today, Lord, your prayer as you come into church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. Lord, reveal. I, I, just, I just don't want to hear it with these ears. I want to hear it with these ears. Because you're going to need revelation for the days you've approached. You didn't get to pick what time you were on the earth. God picked you for this time, and that means you can do it. But you're going to need revelation for this time. You're going to need to have understanding. But what? In the knowledge of him, a person. In him, a person. Come on, y'all. And around here, I know that I'm preaching to the choir, but I need you to get this. We need to become very Jesus-focused. And what I mean by that, well, I thought we were supposed to, yes, you pray to the Father, and God is our Father. But everything we're living in and walking in is about what Jesus, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And if you become very him focused, well, I thought I wasn't supposed to pray to him. You're not supposed to pray to Jesus. You're supposed to pray to Father. But you need to know Jesus really well. And the Holy Ghost will show you, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the three of them working together as one. But even the Holy Ghost, when he, when he, he brings glory and honor to Jesus. And so it says, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the, in the knowledge of him. Everybody say, Lord, I want to know you more than ever before. And this is how that's going to happen in verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being flooded, enlightened in the King James, but flooded with light. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what we need in our spirit, man, is a flooding of truth, a flooding of light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now, I believe this a lot of times, and I'm not trying to be ticky-tacky, but this is his calling. Who is that? That's Jesus. A lot of people want to know what they're supposed to do, but you'll never figure out what, who you are or what, who am I. You know, a lot of people are searching for their identity today. They're confused. Why are they so confused? You can't help a confused person until you can get them to the author of one, the one who made them. 
If we were created in the likeness and the image of God, the reason the devil is working so hard is he's trying to mess up humanity. We're not equal with animals, y'all. I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. You're not an animal. I, am I saying mistreat animals? No. But we're, we are created. Not a, none of them are created in the likeness and image of God. You're created in the likeness and image of God. Why do you think the devil's trying so hard to mess the image up of who God created us to be? They don't know who they are. They're having an identity crisis. What will fix an identity crisis? To figure out who you are. But you can't figure out who you are. Who am I? You know, how I many you know, don't have your, you know, raise your hand. But we, in, we as believers, we, we should never go through through a midlife crisis or an, or an older mature age crisis. A 20-year-old ought not be going through a crisis. A teenager who knows God shouldn't be going through a crisis of identity. If they're having an identity crisis, it's because they've never met him or they've never known him in a way. Because, see, I would know the hope of your calling. When I, figure, when I understand who you are, Jesus, what you've done for me, Jesus, who you made me to be, Jesus, then I can figure out who I am. Before Jesus, I was one messed up dude. When I backslid, I, I too was having an identity crisis. I was having trouble uh, knowing who I was and what I was supposed to do, and I became miserable. But when I came back to him, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I figured out who he was, I finally figured out who I was. Amen. Amen. Identity crisis gone. Y'all, we can't fix them when they have a wrong nature. We have to get them a new nature. The only way to get a new nature so that they can understand their identity is in Christ. We got to pray. So it starts with us. You know, if the church is having an identity crisis, how in the world are we going to help the world? I know who I am. In me, I don't know anything. I can't do a whole lot of things. I'm not going to be a whole lot of things. But I'm not in me anymore. I'm in him. And so that we would know the hope of your calling. Hallelujah. The eyes of our sanity would be flooded with light that you may know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. So whatever Jesus inherited, we're an heir and a joint heir with him. And from that, we can figure out who we are and what we have. From that, we can figure out who we are and what we have. You have nothing outside of him. You can't do anything outside of him. But in Christ, you can do all things. You can know all things. Come on. You, you are a son and daughter of the Most High. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through I'm talking about revelation. Everybody say, Lord, flood my spiritual eyes. With light. Ephesians 3, 1 through 5. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me towards you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. By what? By revelation. Nobody was talking about it, but by revelation he got it. It was written in the word of God, in the old covenant even, about the Gentiles, but they didn't get it. But he got it by revelation. Uh, I want you to do more than hear with your ears. I want you to do more than just see with your physical eyes. I want you to know him. 
I have failed you if I can't get you to the place where you walk in revelation, where you're not excited about him, where you don't love him. Where, you know, uh, I know he said, well, I love him. I'm, I'm in church today. I know, but I want to take you up to the next level because you're going to need it for the hour you've come into. And there are people out there waiting on us, waiting on us that with, real, with real joy, with real peace, with real understanding of who he is that can pull them out of what hell has for them. And we can get them out and get them safe and get them into the kingdom of God. It says, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, but is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. I wanted to look at Revelation. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, sorry, now verse 9. You know, a lot of people say this. Well, God's ways, are, they're too hard to figure out. Have you ever heard that? Uh, God's too hard to figure out. Well, that's just not true. His ways are above your ways. His thoughts are above your thoughts. There is no doubt. You know, when he calls us little children, that's not a, just an expression. Compared to him, we are just little, little children. We're like, I don't even know if we've made it out of the baby stage yet. Compared to him. So he calls you my little children. It's not just in terms of endearment. It's just where we are. We're little children compared to him. But we're growing up in the things of God. We need to mature. Amen. But listen to me. This is, this is, what I, uh, this is the truth. This is what I want you to know. It, it's uh, so important for you and I that we, um, we begin to uh, believe for revelation and understanding and insight that the truth would be revealed. So there in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about, you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, he's, he's, his ways are beyond finding out. Have you ever heard that? I heard that all my life growing up. His ways are, be- that's just a bunch of baloney. If his ways are beyond finding out, he wouldn't given us Genesis through Revelation. Well, his thoughts are about, but he gave you every thought that, he, that you would need to know. He wrote them down. And then he gave you his spirit on the inside of you so he could tell you the thoughts he has for your life. His thoughts and his ways are not beyond finding out. They're higher. They're higher. They're higher. But he said he, run, he raised you up from a dunghill to set you among his princes. Amen. He wants to lift you up. Come on, the Holy Ghost will make you look like a genius on your job, in your business, at school, if you'll just let him. Amen. All right, that was good. Hallelujah. Why are we different than the world? 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says that the God of this world has blinded. So let's look at the world, those that are living in sin that are thinking crazy things right now, doing crazy things, which is the Bible said they would do. This is not a surprise. The Bible says they would do this. In the last days, they would become this way. And this is not even gross darkness yet. This is just darkness. This is just darkness. But gross darkness will come before the Lord returns. But you and I, when when it's gross dark, man, the light should shine really bright. When it's dark right now, the light should shine really bright. Come on. The light in you should be shining really bright right now. Amen. I mean, thank God for all the T-shirts that Wesley and the crew make. But even without a T-shirt, you're shining bright. Amen. Hallelujah. So when it's dark, just one light will show forth that it's, hey, I can bring you some light. Who is the light? Jesus is the light. But he lives in me. Amen. 
But so, so you understand this again. 2 Corinthians talking about the world. It says in verse 4, in verse, chapter 4, verse 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So anyone who's not born again is walking through this earth blind. In the natural, if you walk through the earth blind, you're going to stumble over everything. If you're walking through this earth spiritually blind, you can't be pleasing to the Lord. Because you're not following the light. You can't even see the light. You're not going to do what the world says. I, I just want you to clearly understand. I know I've been talking to you about it over and over again. But when we look at the lost, our heart should have compassion for them, not anger at them. No. Our, our hearts, we should have compassion for them, not anger at them. Well, they can help it. Not spiritually, they can't. You and I are learning how to walk with God. And, you know, I know everybody in the room besides me is 100% following the, God, the Lord. We never sin. We never mess up. We never make any mistakes. We perfectly walk in love because we're such awesome Christians. You know, there's no fault, no failure in any of us. We do everything just right. Every church that loves Jesus, especially them spirit-filled ones, everybody's perfect in them. Right? Perfect all the way around. No. No. In case you didn't answer, the answer is no. Why do we... Why do we put such expectations on them? They need Jesus. We're the body. Who's supposed to get them? Jesus. The body. If you write them off, you've written them off to eternity in hell. Somebody has got to raise up with the compassion of the Lord and let us help them one by one. Let us bring love to them one by one. Let us show them the truth. Well, they've chosen. I am so glad when I was backslidden, the Lord didn't say to me, you've chosen. It's too bad. You made a mistake. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you with me? I'm praying for you. The Lord would send you forth laborers into this harvest field. People are moving in here from all over the world, not just the United States. You are a laborer sent into the harvest field. The reason you live here might be to get some, not might be, is to get someone back to the Lord, get someone born again, get them in church where they can be discipled. Hallelujah. Amen. If all we do as Christians is look at and talk and look at and hear things that make us mad at them, I'm telling you, you're listening to the wrong people and the wrong stuff. I don't care if they got a prophet in front of their name. If they make you angry at the harvest, if they want you to discard them, oh, I'm so grateful that God is better than that and is bigger than that. He loves them. He died for them. He didn't just die for you. He died for them. Hallelujah. What should we be doing? We should be praying for them. 
We should be, well, I'm not going to pray for them. Pray for the, we should be praying for them even more. Why am I telling you this? Because I believe in this room and in this church, there's some people who know Jesus. And I want to get you all geared up to go help somebody. Hallelujah. Not just so that our life is good, not just so that my family life is good, but so that I can help somebody else. Hallelujah. And, and in order to do, I have to know him so that I can make him known. I can make him known. You'll never make him known unless you know him for yourself. And when you really know him, you'll have this heart of compassion that he has for the lost, that he has for the world. Amen. So what happened to them? Like you and I at one time, eyes blinded. What do we got to do? I command the blinders to come off of their eyes. So that the, when the gospel is preached to them, that the light of the gospel would flood into their eyes spiritually so they can see with their hearts, so they can understand. Because see, they're, they're right now, if there's still blinders on there, the Bible says they're ever seeing but never, and ever hearing, but they don't do it. So what do we got to do? We got to pray. We got to pray that the devil, the God of this world, we command him to take the blinders off of them, all right? And so let's just start here. That was a good introduction. Hallelujah. So let's start here. Let's talk about one of the things who Jesus is. John chapter 14. Y'all here? Are you a disciple? You're a disciple taught of the Lord. You have great peace and undisturbed composure. Your ways please the Lord. And you're sent into this world to bring light to a dark place. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. If you had an adult child that was living in sin, got all crazy, went crazy, and there was a Christian, somebody who went and got them, and got them back to God and got them back to you, you'd be forever grateful. And in the same way, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Ghost is looking for a group of people who will do what the Word of God says do, and will go out and compel them by knowledge, compel them by the spirit of compassion, compel them to come back to God. Amen. Jesus, John 14 and 6, it says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So who is Jesus and what has he done? Well, number one, he is the way. Number two, he is the life. And number three, he, he's the way. Number one, he's the truth. Number two, and he's the life. So Jesus is the way. There is no other way but Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter in, uh, you all in by the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So there's two paths. There's one, and he said, many go there, um, and many there um, be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leads to life, and few there shall find it. So there's two paths in life. There's a narrow gate, and there's a wide gate. The narrow gate leads to life. The wide gate leads to destruction. Uh, You know, this is just, uh, number one, there's only one way to the Father. Jesus, Jesus is the way. No man, he said, comes to the Father but through me. Right? Everybody shout, Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts 4, 12, it says this, There is salvation in no one else. 
God has given no other name under heaven why we must be saved. It's so narrow, there's just one way. I said, and you know this, but it's narrow, it's one way. Well, I know some people, you know, they're good people, and they just believe, you know, uh, this way and that way. Well, if you and I were a real friend, we'd tell them about the way, the only way, and the name of Jesus. Well, I don't want to cause any ruffles. Well, they'll be spending an eternity in hell, and I know you won't be thinking about them when you get to heaven, but you should be thinking about them right now. Well, they, they choose to live their lifestyle the way they want to live. I think we ought to leave them alone. I think you're wrong. I don't think we ought to leave them alone. How selfish of us to leave them alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Timothy 2, 5. There is one God and one mediator. There's just one. He's the way. Jesus Christ is the way. Amen. I know you know that, but everybody say, I believe that Jesus is the way. John chapter 10, verse 7, then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door or the way of the sheep. And so Jesus is the way. Now, because he's the way, when you think about that word way, it's like a road. It's like an access. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the only access to the Father. So it's like an access road trying to get to someone to get somewhere. When G- and so Jesus said, I'm the only access you have to the Father. I'm the only access road you have to get to Father God. And it says this um, in Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? Through that's the door that's the way through our Lord Jesus Christ he is the door you've got to walk through the door he is the door to get to the father and he says by whom also we have access how by faith into this grace wherein we stand Ephesians 2 18 for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father so Jesus is the way so he is the way there is no other way to the father but I want you to understand he's your access door He's your access gate. There is no other access through the name of Jesus. Even when I pray, a lot of times I'll pray this way. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Even though I'm a child of God, I'm a son of God, I'm not hiding anymore, even under the blood. I've been washed clean. But I have access to the Father by the name, by the person of Jesus Christ. I have access to him. He's my very own father. Remember when Jesus told Mary, don't touch me because I'm going to go to my father and your father. He said, I got to go put my blood on the mercy seat. Why? So you can have access. One of the things that the people, uh, uh, the, the Israelites didn't have, the Jews didn't have in their old covenant was access to God. They never had access to the father. Some priests could access a room where the Holy of Holies was, but they never had access to God. You have access to the creator. You have access to the almighty. You have access to him because of one man, because of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, because of the man, Jesus Christ, because of Jesus of Nazareth, you have access to God. You have access to a father because of Jesus. He is your gate. He is your door. You've got to enter in through him. But when you enter in through him, everything the Father has is now yours. 
You have access. Access is everything. You know, today, even around here, they give me this, uh, they call it a fob. I didn't know what a fob was until they gave me one. And all I got to do is wave it. Because I have the fob, I can access anywhere on the property. They've given me a code to the keypad so that the police don't come. But what did they give me? They, even though I'm me, but everybody who has one has access. Think of that. You have access. Are you using your access? Are you using your access? Are you letting it just that part of your life? Are, are, are you just, wait? no, you have access. Come boldly before the throne room of grace. Jesus is the way. Everybody say, Jesus, you are my way. Jesus is the truth. Amen. Jesus is the truth. Verse John, first, the first epistle of John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, who is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. We'll get that one later. Let's look at John 1, 1. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is the Word? Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. Amen. Don't let this be too simple. John 1, 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 17, 17. John 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, I want you to get this. So I was, how many know Jesus is the truth? How many know the word of God is the truth? He's the living word. You have a written word, but he's the living word. The written word won't make any sense to you unless you know the living word. Not just in King James. You can put it in New Living. You can put it in any translation you want. But it's not going to make sense to you unless you know the living word. The written word won't make any sense to you unless you know the living word. The living word doesn't make any sense to anybody who's not born again. We got to get them born again so they come alive spiritually because this, this word is spirit and it's life. Come on, the word of God is spirit and it's what? Jesus is life. Amen. We'll get to that in a minute. But Jesus is the truth. Amen. And so John chapter 8, you know this one, John 8, 32. You shall what? Know what? Who is the truth? Listen, don't even stick with me. It doesn't just say, I will know what's written down. I will have it in my mind. I will have what's written down in my mind, and then it'll make me free. If you're not free in any area of your life, it's because you don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, that means you don't know Him. Be very careful. Don't, don't do with this what I, you know, don't take this and run. Well, I just don't need to know what the written word says. No, he is the written word. But if only the written word to you are just words on a page or words on a screen, it won't do you much good. Faith comes by it and comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But you have to know him. Watch. You shall know the Jesus. Just doing no harm to the scripture. Because who is the truth? Everybody say, Jesus is the truth. You shall know him, the truth. 
Come on. The truth is a person. The truth is a person. It's not a book. It's written down, but the truth is a person. And if you don't know that person, if you just have memorized, and I believe in memorization. I think you should know the scripture. I think you should know where it's at. But, but listen to me. You shall know the Jesus. We'll take the article out. You shall know Jesus. And Jesus will make you free. It doesn't say, I will know what the word of, I will not. It doesn't say, I'll know what's written down. It says, you'll know the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. No, Jesus is the truth. I want you to have a personal relationship with the truth. I know in whom I have believed. I know the truth. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. After I get to know him, after I get to know him, then my persuasion begins to work. Because I know him, a person. The word of God that is written down, you can follow this to the mouth of the one who said it. If you never follow this back to his mouth, then it's not going to do you the good it's supposed to do you. You should be able to follow everything back to the mouth of the one who said it. And you're also being able to take this word back to the person of who it is. There were three in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And yes, it is written down, but Jesus is the truth. He didn't just speak the truth. He was the truth, and he is the truth. And if you know him, you'll get free. And if you know him, you'll get free. Well, I know what's said about him. What about him is true. But when you personally get to know him, the truth, that truth, knowing him, will make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Jesus is the life. Aren't you grateful for life? John 1 and 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So life and light go together when you talk about the Lord. But I like this one too, John 10 and 10. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That I am come that you may have zoe. Jesus is zoe. I am life. Again, he said, I am the life. In other words, I am Zoe. I am that kind and quality of life. You'll only find that kind of, the God kind of life in Jesus. You'll only find that by knowing him. And when you know him, that life will be in abundance till it overflows. Amen. John eleven twenty five. John eleven twenty five. 25. Hallelujah. Jesus said to her, remember when he's talking to them, to Mary and Mar uh, Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. First John chapter 5. Verse 11 through 13. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. He that, he that has the Son has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not. What's it talking about? Eternal life. You know, I hear sometimes at a funeral, someone will say, well, they've entered into eternal life. That's just wrong. Eternal life begins when you get born again. So if you don't have eternal life, if you're not born again, you don't have eternal life. So someone who's not born again has eternal damnation. It's not living in the flesh. 
It's not about when you die, eternity begins. Eternity began when you were conceived in your mother's womb. That's when eternity begins. I said eternity begins when you're conceived. Listen to me, that's not political, that's Bible. That's not political, that's Bible. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. As soon as you got in the womb, God knew you. And so that's when your life began. God knew you, and as soon as you got in the mother's womb, that's when he prearranged things for you to do. That's life. That's not political. That's Bible. To believe anything else is not scriptural and not what you ought to believe as a born-again believer. I'm not telling you what to believe, but you see, if he knows you in your mother's womb, then you're alive unto him. And from that point, you're responsible when you got in your mother's womb for what he put in you. Well, there is no well. That's what the Bible teaches. You can't, you can't vary from that. That's what the Bible teaches. Well, times. I don't care about times. I care about what the Bible says. Jesus is the truth. I, don't, I thought you didn't do politics. That's not politics. That's Scripture. He knows us. We are meant to know him. We were meant to know him. That's why we dedicate babies. They're meant to know him at a very young age. I love it around here. Kids get born again, three, four, five years old. Get filled with the Holy Ghost to then too. Knowing them, knowing the Lord all their life. You know, when I'm grateful when someone in their 30s or 40s get born again, but that's just half their life. So we count it wrong. When an adult gets born again, we get all excited. But that's really, they only have half a life left. Uh, what we should be excited over is when a four-year-old gets born again. They get all of their life to serve the Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. These things, verse 13, that I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the Son of God. Aren't you grateful that you've got eternal life, that you've got the Zoe, God, and kind of quality of life? Jesus is the way. We have access to the Father. Jesus is the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus is the life. Hallelujah. We have this Zoe and God kind of quality because of him. Everybody say, Jesus, you're my way. Jesus, you're my truth. Jesus, you're my life.